you guys so much for listening. This is an episode of the Cardano People where I'm talking to Denisio Brene at Wecon at Stakepool, Brian at Hero Stakepool, and Baz at Stake Stakepool. In this episode, we not only talk about their experiences with Stakepool operating, but also their experiences with crypto and the way they think and why they approach Cardano. Let's get into it. Thank you guys for your time, man. Thank you to Crypto Collector, Brian. Thank you to Boz. And thank you to Denisio at Weekendet. Just appreciate your time, man. And I know SPOs, you guys are pretty much running businesses. Like, and that's what we'll get into here. Like, what it takes and what your guys' experiences are. But first, I want to ask, like, who are you guys? One, two, three, four. Denisio, you can go first, man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, so uh, I'm Denisio, uh, Denisio Brene from the Stakepool VConhead, at the ticker WEQNT. Um, yeah, I've been around since uh, yeah, late two, 2017, and early 2018 I joined the Cardano community. Uh, in 2019, I became ambassador um, through the yeah, actual use of my podcast, nice. and just trying to see if I can bring more awareness of Cardano in the um, let's say, in the community back in the time. And 2020, we uh, yeah, decided actually to go live as well on Mainnet. So, yeah, uh, as you all know, our mission is to provide free solar lighting to people living in rural areas in Africa uh, and also the Caribbean. And that's because mainly, yeah, there are people on this planet who just don't have access to, you know, basic things as lighting. So, um, that's like the things that we're really focusing on, making sure that, you know, people who doesn't have it receives it. And there's a whole goal and a whole philosophy behind it as well. So that's why I Beautiful mission, man. Brian, you're up next, man. Yeah, my name is Brian. I run Hero Pool. Simple hero. Uh, I joined crypto in early 2017 before the run-up. Sold way too early. Fought back in on the way back down. Uh, so i've been in cardano april of 2018 was my first cardano purchase started a spo as an spo less than a month ago so i kind of knew to the game of spo but i've been involved with cardano for a while my mission is i'm a volunteer fireman so i believe in a brotherhood they helped me a lot through a tragic situation so i've tried to give back to first responders because they give a lot up so that's kind of my mission where i've come from i've done a lot in crypto from trying to trade to just hanging out i I love the crypto industry beautiful amazing boss yeah um thanks for having me um for those that know i I'm a part-time crypto uh, SPO, like I'm a physical therapist by day, uh, as they say, and then an SPO by night and all other times. Um, I got into cryptocurrency quite early, uh, or early, at least in 2017, but not really active, just trading a little bit and entering carefully. And I've left it for quite a bit because it was a crash and became less interesting i mean if you're just that new like red numbers are just really scary so i, I yeah. kind of left left what i had or at least i kept it but didn't do much of it and when it became valuable again i kind of re-entered that was end of 220 uh 2020 
And that's when I learned about Cardano and the whole mission and vision behind it really started to resonate. So it's not just something you buy and it can become more uh, expensive or more sought after. It's actually something that is building as building somewhere. It's, it's going to be enable other uh, projects. So it's, I kind of described it as like building a highway. Like once it's there, all other people can use it safely, securely and fast and with a small uh, for a small fee, all other projects can really flourish. It's like infrastructure. And that really that really hit home. So I started investing a little bit more. And once I thought I had what I thought was a decent bag, I uh, decided to try and operate operate the stake pool. And then a friend of mine, he got wind of the idea. And he's a, he's a Linux programmer. And he's a really clever guy. Uh, so he said, you know what? Instead of doing it on your old gaming PC, maybe you want to like yeah, use some of my... Uh, my server, uh, like real estate, I have some resources left. So unless you don't want me to hijack your project. So I was really happy he invited himself because uh, within a couple of weeks, we had everything set up and we were live. And that's since end of February, where we had the 167 euro all-time all high. Um, so we were really enthusiastic by that time. So that's when the whole marketing starts. I don't really have a mission in terms of... Um, not not a charity driven mission other than trying to discuss and create awareness and to really ask ask people questions about why what they're doing and why they're doing it um so you can kind of gauge a feeling of where people want to go in this industry because a lot of people enter and they want to get rich quick they yeah they want to know when they can buy their their lamborghinis which is good like everyone is entitled to making some money but if you don't if you're not on board for the long term i'm going to try and help you see why you should be because i started this year what was crypto like in like before 2021 in the bear market were you guys around how many of you guys were in the bear market me not mm. me okay denicio and brian what, what can you guys say about 90 percent down i can tell you i can tell you one thing Twitter was much more toxic back then. Oh my god! More toxic. More toxic back then. <laughs> yeah, there was so much hate. Like it was absolutely yeah. horrible. Wow. Um, it was a bunch of red candles, man. Day after day after day after day. It was it was quite an experience because I was still learning investment strategies and and how to trade, learning how to use harmonics and in trading strategies, and uh, I lost a lot. But I also made some, and it led me to uh, to where I am now, for the most part. So I watched a, a show of Crypto Crow in 2018, and he was talking about Cardano, and okay. uh, pointed me to a white paper or a whiteboard video. Mm. And it's history ever since. <laughs> The infamous whiteboard video. Yeah. <laughs> the Did you manage whiteboard. to watch it, Denise? <laughs> oh, right. cold out. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. You guys know my darkest, you know, darkest secrets, you know. So, like, that's... Uh, actually, I have actually seen it now, you know. And? So I, I, I can officially say that I've seen the infamous uh, Charles Hoskinson whiteboard video. Well, yeah. Welcome to the club, man. Welcome to the club. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Cool. Next is the TED Talk. Uh, Ooh, oh, wow. that's a really oh, yeah. good one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was too long ago, man, that I saw that. Well, the reason it's a really good one is it, like, it outlines why we're doing it. You know, that's the, the reason why the Cardano community is so strong. 
is because we see problems and we see what we can do about it. I mean, the thing is, right, um, <clears throat> Crypto Crow, um, Brian, you said you, know, you saw Crow, one of Crow's videos, right? And I, I, I like Crow because the thing is, he's just, you know, up, upright, just honest, blunt, you know, he just says the way it is. And I remember in one of his videos back in the days, he said, a lot of people say, yeah, we're in it for the tech. Hell no. You know, you're also in it for the money, right? So we have to be honest, right? I mean, everyone in t every, anyone who's invested in crypto, um, to some degree, is also here, you know, to earn a buck, right? So we have to be honest about that. Just to, just to rewind a little bit, right, about the, the bear market. Actually, my very first coin that I ever, ever, ever bought was Litecoin. Ooh. And uh, because it was, because that was, I think it was December 2018. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 sorry, to December 2017, right? I mean, it, come on, the markets were like hot, red hot, fire hot, sexy hot, right? And I mean, everyone wanted to get in something. I got in, but it was just by the grace of my wife. I'm, I must honor, I must say that, you know, because the thing is, my wife didn't want me to any money at all in any kind of crypto project whatsoever. I had to beg you know, for money, you know, just to buy, let's say, uh, 60, I think it was about 60 euros worth of, um, of Litecoin at that, at that time. <clears throat> and then shortly after that, I got, someone challenged me, one of my colleagues challenged me to really dig into um, different projects and come up with a very clear explanation as to, hey, what are those projects? What kind of problems do they, are they really seeking to solve? Mm. And <clears throat> during that period, my family and I, and still are, by the way, um, we're kind of like in this dispute, you know, with the government of St. Martin about land registration and stuff. Mm. So, and that's where I came about. That's how I, I kind of discovered Cardano because I read these, the project was actually solving, working on solving the problem of land registration. And this was the only project that actually was doing something about that problem. Right, and especially with the, the, they said also the things about, yeah, this is something that's common in Africa and stuff. So I learned a lot during that period. <clears throat> so um, that's the reason why I decided I'm going to push any other project aside and I'm only going to focus on one because the thing is, that's the problem that I'm facing. And if these guys have that solution, then I have to follow that project. That was um, beginning of 2018 and I've been here ever since. Mm. Um, so yes, I've been, I remember back in the days uh, buying small amounts of of, of ADA, and then uh, I think I started buying around 30 cents, and then I remember it went down to like 20, uh, 22 cents, and I said, damn, if that goes to 20 cents, I'm going to buy more, and then it went to 20 cents, and I started buying a bit more, and then I said, if it goes to 15 cents, I'm going to buy even more, because it's going to go up, it's going to go back up, and then before you know it, you know, we kind of like went from there all the way down, down, down to like uh, 2 cents, or somewhere Ooh. close to 1 cent. It was like you know, so, 1.89. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> in that period, as I mentioned, I had to beg each month um, roughly about 10 euros to buy Ada for my wife. <laughs> 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 now, actually, the thing is, and um, I was even thinking, fantasizing on uh, taking a loan out. Seriously, mm. man, I was thinking mm. of taking yeah. a loan out, man. Scared money, don't make money. You have to make take some risk to, yeah. to get into it. And I think the people that that, that that have done it on a timely, in a timely matter, like the ones that got in at two, three, five cents, um, they really, they really did well. I mean, they 
they bought a project that was actually essentially going down, 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 but bought in because they know or knew or felt that it was going to go up because of what it meant, not what it was priced at at the time. And I think that's the the best way to do these things. I mean, all the, all the crypto groups that you're in or that you shortly visit before you decide to leave again are all so short term focused. It's all the people that get in with like a couple hundred, maybe a couple thousand euros and then stare at that for like 15 days straight and get angry that they're not millionaires yet, which is, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of, I think it's one of the, the pitfalls of the fact that there's so much social media out there that, mm. that allows people to mm. make trades, then boast about how well those trades have turned out for them. There's no real necessity to prove that it was actually good. And you don't see all the bad stuff that happens, like all the money they've lost or all the bad decisions they've made. And it gives you a skewed uh, view about what is possible in the sphere. And then possibility in the terms of the risk, because that's a risk is a real possibility. Like so many people lose money. Like where do you think all that profit comes from? <laughs> it's just not made out of yeah. thin air. It's, it, it's, the, it's the law of um, preservation of volume. If it, if it moves away here, it pops up somewhere else. I think too many, like too few people get educated on that, uh, that part, I think. What do you guys think about uh, Dogecoin? I will say I entered through crypto from Dogecoin and then I was like, oh wait, technology, Cardano? Interesting. I'm interested in your guys' thoughts. I think it's a gateway to crypto. Yeah. However, I mean, if you were around back in 2017, 2018, it was made as a, as a pure joke. It was oh, a yeah. main coin unlimited supply i mean the creator knew that it was going nowhere so he left i mean that tells you something right there yeah. uh but it is a gateway and you know if it develops into something in the future hey why not i'm i'm no means a maximalist a cardano maximalist there's going to be need for many different types of cryptos maybe mean coins fit in there somewhere something like space coin or something i, w I would rather own space coin than doge <laughs> I don't, I don't think anyone should really impose their set of moral values on anyone else in the sphere, although you can lead by example, say, this is what I do, this is what I don't do, and if you like it, you're free to join me. If not, hey, power to you. We don't, we don't get to decide what other people do. That's the whole point of decentralization. Everyone is their own master. Um, so all you can do is lead by example. And I think it's, it's a good, like, it's going to take a while before the ecosystem starts moving in the direction that is durable because there's so many things that are that are just building they're not there yet so you can go anywhere like look at the nft uh, sphere it's absolutely exploding into the most amazing but also the most stupid things you can imagine and yeah. in a while it's gonna start get applied to stuff like there's going to be actual copyrights on nfts there's going to be resale um, resellable items of art that actually spin off a bit of their profit to the original creator like there's going to be functions as soon as those smart contracts are here so i'm i'm really thinking this the ecosystem is going to get shaken up like in a in a both both positive and negative like lots of things may even disappear because with the functionality you can walk on a highway that's being constructed but not on a highway that's being used i mean there's certain things that you can't do now and that you can do uh, later and vice versa I, I agree with you in that definitely you know the, the the part we say as well 
you know, we can't really impose our honesty, our um, our moral values on someone else because that's exactly the let's say the opposite of what decentralization stands for. You know, um, everyone basically is given that autonomous right, you know, to decide what he or she uh, wants to do with, let's say, their identity, you know, with their their money yeah. and stuff. So I think that you have a, you have a, that's an important point to cut there, 100%. Uh, one thing that I do want to um, point out is that you mentioned also about, you know, uh, short-term investment. Um, opposite, let's say, people who are really uh, understood what Cardano stand for. Uh, just to come back on that whiteboard video from, from Charles, right? You know, what I do love about it, and it's kind of ironic, you know, thinking about the guy actually who didn't really watch the video and only have seriously looked at it today, you know, having to say anything, having to have, yeah, seriously, you know, having to say anything meaningful about that video. But yeah, you know, uh, I mean, he, he started straight from the point, you know, like, hey, if you really want to understand where Cardano comes from, then you really have to understand where, let's say, the evolution of crypto, you know, um, you know first, second, and third generation blockchain. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and by saying this, what he's basically kind of like uh, painting is a whole picture, you know, of, let's say, from the history, a, 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 a lesson of history. Because mm-hmm. you can't understand where we are, are now here, where we're heading to, if you haven't looked. Uh, to history and understand, hey, well, where are we actually coming from? You know, what are we actually trying to build on or improve upon? Right? And that is what Charles Haskinson in that infamous video actually explained. And the vision, you know, he gave people something to really look forward to. You know, the fact that, you know, in, a, in an era where people were frustrated, you know, about the, 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 the transaction throughput, um, having to wait mm-hmm. hours for a transaction to settle on the blockchain, you know, hey, um, the, so it's, exactly as an example, you know, that is just terrible, you know, so that scalability issue, you know, he actually, he painted a picture, even though Cardano in that phase at that time uh, that that video came out was not, let's say, mm. uh, not that popular, still he, yeah. he gave people something to believe in, right? So, and it was people who stepped in that were here, a lot of them also for the money, but a lot of them as well, because they had they saw that 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 future image that was uh, that was how do you say painted yeah. that was uh, made sketched by by Charles at that time and even still today people who are in it really for the long term and understand that you know hey wow that that part when it comes to scalability even Cardano when it's let's say in its purest uh, form currently is much faster than Ethereum um, would be could be. Um, is already kind of like a win, a win situation, and then we haven't even yet even touched, let's say the the governance side, you know the um, what were those three pillars, uh, interoperability, uh, and 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 I think governance. Um, so yeah, uh, one thing that I'm interested in is the interoperability side. I haven't seen that yet, but yeah. That's coming, obviously. Well, you, you're you're actually are seeing it. I mean, look at Ergo Dex in uh, Fund Five. I mean, yeah. you're you're starting to see the interoperability. I mean, not only them. There, there's other. Look look at the, you know, card starter over there on Ethereum, who are going to be porting all of those yeah. over into Cardano. That ERC twenty converter. You're going to see people yeah. take advantage of that. That's like the um, jumping board for uh, for interoperability. Absolutely. I mean, lower fees. I mean, as a business, it it makes 
nothing but 100% sense. I'm really interested to see yeah. how, how the, the, the bubble fees and the, the native token fees will play out. Like, Could you guys like, explain what? bubble fees? Um, bubble fees? Bubble fees. Bubble fees. It's yeah. in in a really uh, in a really short. Like, have you seen Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Because the IOHK blog has a really brilliant um, explanation of this. But uh, in not. short, it's it's like babblefish are like fish that uh, allow people to talk to other people in any language. So they're kind of like translator animals. It, it's really it's really fun. So what what why they call it babble fees is because the fees can be um, paid in the native asset that you're sending. So for example, to take space coins as an example, you're sending space coins to someone and instead of 0.17 ADA as a transaction fee, um, the operator or the network, we can make a set some parameters and say, okay, you then pay like 10 space coins in transaction fee and they go to the operator that processes the transaction and validates it and, and appends it to the blockchain. But then the operator has to say, okay, I'm not getting ADA but I'm getting 10 space coins, which is also valuable, but I'll, I'll get it in a, a larger ratio. So you don't have to have ADA to make the transaction work, but you can just pay it in a part of the token that you're sending, making it much easier to work within small ecosystems. So for example, uh, the ADAX uh, exchange has ADAX as their native token that's used for all kinds of transactions. If the operators say, okay, whoever transfers in ADAX, I'll be fine doing that. I'll take this percentage of uh, transaction fees and I'll do it. Mm. And this is this is why um, Charles Hoskinson really pushes that idea that you know the it's gonna be a world where multiple currencies are gonna be used more than more than one. We're, yeah, it's not a zero sum game. Yeah, yeah. And and a lot of a lot of things in the Cardano community, people will talk Charles, but. I believe it was Agalos who uh, presented the the Babel fees, yeah. and yeah. some of the deeper tech. I mean, are people who work for Charles, but uh, yeah. you know, as a Cardano community member, you need to look into other people, yeah, Duncan yeah. Coons, and, and some things like that, who who are behind building the tech. Very good point. Uh, and you'll you'll be blown away when yeah. you start to really look at it. If you guys are enjoying the Cardano People podcast that airs every Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, consider supporting it by going to anchor.fm slash the Cardano People slash support. Yeah, man, there's so many smart people in this that are building on Cardano. Yeah, and, th and there have to be. Like, it's almost impossible to build such such an extensive network that is so multi-layered and so well-founded on your own. Like, you need to have, like, yeah. 15 people or 20 30, 50 people looking over your shoulder saying, hey, hold, stop. Uh, if you do this, then 10 years down the line, we're going to have this and this problem. So we better build it this way. And that's why it takes so long. And like from a scientific perspective, I mean, I'm a, I'm a physical therapist, really take their sweet time. Not because they're lazy, but because they want they don't want to go back. Like you don't want to say, okay, we have to stop this and we have to build rebuild that. I mean, I think that this has been explained by so many people to such an extent that it still baffles me that people bash on it or say oh when do smart contracts come up like when they're ready just wait mm, when they're ready listen I, i've nice been stuff. around before you could do anything with cardano i mean you bought it and you put it in a wallet and that's where it went right. so for me to even just to be able to stake it was ugh, it was it was a day i can tell you that i won't ever forget <laughs> it I, I i was sitting in my bedroom and i think i staked to uh mr weqnt over there or no 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 actually it was frog pool 
And then when oh, he yeah. came live and I learned about his mission, I started staking the him. So, Ben, what got you interested in Cardona? That's a good question, man. Well, I'll talk about how I got into crypto first, which at first it was Dogecoin. And then I started, I was always uh, interested in, my investing thing is like investing in projects that I believe are doing something important. And so I was kind of like moving away from Dogecoin. But when it came to crypto in general, uh, NFTs and the technology behind that was pretty interesting to me. And then, but there wasn't much, um, like it's kind of exhausting trying to learn everything about NFTs, especially with all the hype. So I, I was like, okay, I think I'm just going to find maybe one crypto that I can be interested in. And somehow I heard about Cardano and it wasn't the whiteboard video. It might've been a couple Ted talks. It might've been Charles Hoskinson's channels. And it's what really interested in me, interested me was the vision for having, making change and doing something like seeing the problems in the world and actually being able to do something about it. And like Denisio said, it was something that I could invest in. So it's it's beneficial for all of us. And um, yeah, that was like not too long ago, actually, probably March. And I've always been making YouTube videos, but didn't really know what about. And <laughs> and then Cardano was finally that one thing that I could niche down on. I mean, YouTube brings in such a such a wide variety of people to Cardano. I think it, I think it's a great great tool to bring in different backgrounds for sure. Um, it's kind of where I learn everything about crypto. Heck, I even got a YouTube channel now. It's a scary adventure that whole YouTube thing, that's for sure. I know, I know, but you know the thing is, right, with um <clears throat> That's something that I actually learned from Jeff and Kyle from Frog Pool and, and uh, Swag Pool. The, fir the first few videos is going to be very, very difficult. You're going to be More nervous. Right? You'll be shitting your pants. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, Brian, I'm pretty sure that you kind of recognize that, you know, the, the, the being nervous, you know, and, yeah, uh, thinking about how people are going to accept it and stuff. Yeah, after a couple of them... Um, it gets easier. Yeah. I've actually learned more about Cardano than probably in the last two years just from doing research. And, and like Benjamin said, at the just the people that you meet. I, I can't wait to see how the decentralization is when, when it's actually completely decentralized. What are we talking about? We're talking about complete decentralization because we've had that already. That means that the, the Genesis uh, pools are not, no longer producing blocks and all that resources are added to the, the rotating... Uh, uh, stake but yeah, yeah the block production that, is kind of decentralized no I, I mean yeah that's true but that, does that mean like we're still at k500 now like how many pools do we need before we can say we're decentralized and aren't we already decentralized just not widespread enough i think that decentralization has different phases you know and uh like the block production you know your first, where we started off first with iohk doing 100 percent of them you know now it's like hey iohk is is part of the community, one of them, you know, and uh, I think that phase when it comes to block production, that's decentralized, right? Yes. Um, but if you really want to talk about full decentralization, then you have to ask the question, who's actually at this moment uh, deciding how, what gets, uh, how Cardano gets developed? 
it's still IOHK. So in, in a sense, uh, it's still centralized. You know, so the block production, while the block production on one side is fully decentralized, yeah. uh, let's say the network development is still not decentralized. We don't have, like I said, a really good government governance structure stating, okay, well, hey, what direction do we want to go, what the project to go, what needs to be, or who is going to, and that's where we have catalysts. You know, catalyst is, is amazing. That's like the, yeah, you know, when we speak of a governance structure, you know, on Cardano, in order to really make the, the, the project Cardano 100% uh, decentralized, I think that's where Project Catalyst really comes in. Because yeah. at some point, IOHK has to leave, right? They're just going to become well, one of the projects in Catalyst. Yeah. You, do, you do know that their contract technically, I think, is up for vote next year. So we mm. will all be voting if we want to retain IOHK as the development firm on Cardano. I don't know if other people will submit applications or how that process, I don't think that that's even has started to been discussed yet, so. Wow, yeah, with Catalyst, man, I did a poll on my YouTube channel. Over 50% of them uh, don't know what it is. And this is it's a huge, a huge arm to Cardano's, what makes it different and what our future is gonna look like. My audience is mostly new members, so it's like 300, uh, it was probably maybe 200 responses. Mm -hmm. Very small compared to, you know, the entire right, ecosystem. But it's, but it's decent, and I think I, it's not really out of sync with what I hear. Like, a lot of people, especially from the Netherlands, when we talk about, like, staking becomes something that is more uh, considered safe and useful, but mostly useful from the perspective of the person that does it, like the terms of rewards. Um, the whole idea, like how does that secure the network and why is it a good idea to do it on a community pool rather than an exchange pool and and what are the risks involved? Those, like this is the, like they're dipping in their toes, so to speak. Like there's, yeah. a lot, there's a lot of people that are really balls deep into it and that's a good thing, but like the general public is still really skeptical, which is a good thing. I mean, it's good that they're skeptical before they dive into something because there's always bad actors everywhere. But the whole governance thing, it kind of feels like when you're buying ADA, you're also buying a responsibility to to manage it well. Yeah. And I think you are. I mean, I think that's one of the things that makes these projects, like especially the, the proof of stake projects, so important is that you can't just get in and just tune out. You kind of get in and you stay there and you get involved and of course you can passively stake and you're still doing your part, but it's, it's like such a good gateway drug to get people to do it and then see why they're doing it. And you can have this catalyst app and you can vote. You'll get some ADA for it. That's nice, but scroll through all these amazing things, all these projects that are, that are waiting to get funding. Um, that's something that needs a lot more attention, like yeah. a lot more, I think maybe worldwide even like in all the in all the communities catalyst is one of the most under discussed things that are like like compared to its brilliance so yeah, yeah i think i should this is my fault for not backing it up beforehand but uh explain what <laughs> catalyst is to the viewer to the listeners uh, i believe it is one of the if not the largest treasury fund when it comes to a decentralized one people essentially around the world no matter who you are, you're able to put up an idea and the community, the Cardano community is able to vote on that idea um, and that you're pretty much funding the future of Cardano. 
Yeah, and and the protocol is funding it, so it's not like some entity that that goes like this. Or this. Yeah, it's like the whole yeah. community that does this, and all the transaction fees and all the like all the traffic on the network gets like small cuts taken out of it to keep this this treasury filled or this pot filled. So the whole governance system, together with catalyst and voting, makes sure that this is a a bag of money that doesn't really run out. It's like a it's like an, an embedded taxing system that helps, uh, like the, to make the roads that we've just freshly constructed. They get a new layer of asphalt in ten years, and they get new lighting in five years, and all the lines are being repainted every year. And like that's all being done. And anyone that says, "Hey, I can do those line paintings much cheaper. I just need this, this, and this, and that." Here's your funding. Here's your funding. Go do it. And that makes all the knowledge that's present in the community just, just ready to be tapped into. And that's that's brilliant. That's that's why we need to get as many people in. Hey, what did they give? Two yeah. million? Two million USD worth of ADA? This fund five? Uh, ooh, I'm I not think, really sure on the numbers, but I think it's very two million dollars, well. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> It's I mean, if, if you're any type of builder, you need to look into Project Catalyst. Even if you're looking, you know, to to do a project in NFTs or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. There's so much available funding out there to help you get started. Um, yeah. And learn Plutus and yeah. Pascal. Just get in there, dive in there. It's like the steep learning curve, but the possibilities are going to be huge. Like if you in, in the JavaScript the, and C plus before the internet was like fully rolled out, you could like make bags of money. Even if you're just in it for the money, just get that under control. Like I'm still trying to persuade my tech guy to enroll for the Plutus Pioneer program. Like he's dead smart. Danica, what's going on with you, hey, guys. Project Catalyst? You got any any programs out there you like out there that I need to look into? <laughs> Actually, I've been asked that question once before. You know, some people ask me, "You have this, you know, project going on, right? Why don't you actually seek support from Catalyst, you know, in order to expand on your charity initiatives uh, down in Africa?" Now, thing is, right? Um, I don't believe that really should be at home in Catalyst, you know, um, because I prefer really to get in there, speak to people, try to create value, you know, for the project. The thing is, when people say that we do a charity work, um, there's a lot of skepticism around any project that says we do charity work, right? And to a certain extent, I understand it fully. Because I remember in the beginning, there were some people who actually reached out to me when I said, I want to do this, and I actually made it public. And they told me, are you sure you want to do that? Because the thing is, when you, they told me, when you leave, uh, that's going to create a problem. I'm not, I'm not planning on leaving. Right, so I mean, come on. Obviously, I have a reputation as well, you know, within the whole Cardano community, right? So there's a, a level of integrity, a level of trust that I also, me as a stakeholder operator, as an individual, you know, have to maintain. Yeah. So when it comes to so when it comes to that charity work, people does have, of course, you know, their their disbelief, their um, their doubts, right? Because yeah, hey, how do I actually know that you're actually doing what you're what you're saying that you're supposed to do or you promised? You know, you're you're okay. So that's one of the reasons why I decided actually, okay, now I want to get in there. I want to uh, be in contact with people on a daily basis. I want to be in contact with John on a, uh, from, from Kenya on a daily basis. I want to be in contact with other people within my community on a daily basis. So even though you don't hear me on Twitter, you don't see me on Twitter, that doesn't mean that I'm not in contact with others and learning stuff and trying to figure out stuff. Nah, you know, so uh, just to give you an example, last year, right, when I, when I finally made that, 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 that those 
few purchases. Um, how I was able to get a discount is because I called the seller here in the Netherlands, and I told him what I was working on. I told him, you know, hey, listen, you're working on this project in Africa. He told me, yeah, cool. So I told him, listen, um, I, I, I bought your bulbs, your, your solar items on, 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 a, on a reseller website. Ah, damn, it's a mosquito, man. <laughs> so I told the guy, listen, uh, you know, you can support me as well, you know, by giving me a discount. And he told me, all right, cool. Um, I'm going to sell you them for 10, 10 euros. So he gave me like a three euro discount. That's a huge, that's a lot, a lot of money. You know what I mean? So I was grateful for that. And then afterwards, um, um, you know, obviously many, many more months down the line, you know, the Africa project came along and um, I got in contact with World Mobile. And what they're actually, what they have done for me in the whole project is tremendously amazing. You know, these guys have actually made it possible, uh, brought me in contact with, 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 with some people, uh, companies within their network who are in the solar energy um, in, uh, industry, and they've made it possible for me to actually buy um, solar, light, solar lighting directly from Africa, so I don't have to buy them anymore here from the Netherlands, from the Netherlands and ship them there. You've seen what it cost me, um, but I can purchase them directly locally there. Yeah. Now, first of all, we're we are, uh, sponsoring the, the, the smaller businesses, you know, who we are buying them from. Uh, they, on their term, have to order them wherever it may be, and then to ship them from wherever they are to, let's say, uh, to John in Kenya, yeah, that's also like uh, within the distribution network, they have to pay a career service, right? So we are actually trying to, we're actually directly stimulating a small part of the local economy as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so it has a really big impact, what we're doing. You know, and I am so grateful for World Mobile's help, but that's the reason why I said, you know, I prefer to, um, do it this way instead of by a catalyst because in this way for me personally it's it's much more meaningful you know I get to interact with people and you're talking about getting the the roots planted first you know meeting the people getting the right partnerships getting the right collaborations in place you know what the other side of that would have been like instead of what you're doing now it would have been hey guys this is what I want to do fund me <laughs> I was actually waiting to, to... Uh, for other moments to actually announce it. But this week, we're actually going to do our very first uh, purchase in Kenya at, mm. at Solatech Kenya. I just shipped, you know, 40 bulbs to, to Kenya, right? And it cost me like uh, 200 and, I forgot the figure, 200 and probably 20 uh, euros or 30, 230 euros to, just to ship it, right? And then we, ha we needed to pay an additional 220 euros for the import tax. Yeah, that's you know, so that's like 40 bulbs cost me 400 euros. Yeah, so I, wow. I'm paying more on shipping and tax than for the actual bulbs. You know what I mean? Mm. So this is going to be a, a huge advantage. Now, all of that money that we've actually been putting in the, in the shipping, we're going to be putting that now in actually um, in, in the actual bulbs. Yeah, yeah providing is, those bulbs and stimula stimulating the local economy, man. Cardano, changing and the world. I think you read on the website, right, that... Amen, yo. Amen, yo. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, man. Yeah, Brian, I want to... How did you first um, hear about, like, what was the idea, the spark? Okay. So if I get a little emotional, and, and this is a story that not a lot of people know. So if I get a little emotional about it, because it is a tragic story. So 2017, I got involved in crypto. 
um, right about the same time my little brother approached me about becoming a volunteer fireman because they, they needed help. So he had been in the fire service for 15 years, putting an age on myself, <laughs> my little brother, 15 years in the fire service, Yeah, but they needed somebody just to help volunteer. And he knew that I had been looking to volunteer somewhere who, and put my time somewhere where it really mattered. So I got involved in the fire department and crypto kind of the same time. Fast forward to 2020, I had been thinking about opening an ITN and since the ITN estate pool. So it had been through my mind for a while at that point. I really liked the vision and what Cardano was trying to build. February of 2020, my life changed forever. Um, my little brother was murdered. Uh, and it changed me for the better because he was a hero. And he went and risked his life every day on fire calls and tried to help people the best he could. So he was kind of my story behind Hero Pool. And when that happened, the fire department, even not even our fire department, just fire departments from around the area gave me so much support and my family so much support that I felt that I needed to do something whether it's just small, um, to help them. Sorry. No, oh, man, that me, was, you know, that was a beautiful story. It really is. That's, that's kind of the story behind hero pool and, and why I'm doing what I'm doing. I, I love Cardano because a lot like boss says, I want to leave the better the world better for, for people, my nephew, you know, whoever, I, I think the world needs to be a better place than what it is. I see a lot of tragedy out on calls and it, it's, definitely affects you and you see things in a different light and and this world needs to change for the better and i think cardano can help that in, in some mm -hmm. format it's in honor of your brother you know your little brother man yeah and every you donation know, uh, that, that i make goes in his name so it's you know my way to man. to honor him a little behind every stake pool behind every stake pool operator is a human being a story and uh people that they're trying to take care of and lives that they're trying to touch i hope you guys learned as much as i did it was really a i'm really grateful for this conversation if you guys want to support the podcast by going to the website anchor.fm slash the cardano people slash support that's anchor.fm slash the cardano people slash support i'll see you in the next one goodbye